Welcome to the Business of Health podcast. This is a podcast that highlights issues that could cost group health agents and brokers thousands of dollars. The health insurance industry is constantly changing. And each episode, we're going to give you tools to grow a profitable business and better serve your clients. I'm your host, Mike Martins. Now, let's grow your health business. Well, I tell you, we really have a very informative program for you guys today, and I'm super pleased to have our guest. He He's a podcast host, a speaker, and a consultant for brokers and agents across the country. Probably a familiar face to a lot of you, but I want to welcome John Troutman. John, thanks for being on the Business of Health. Mike, thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. Now, I know that many of you know John and have worked with his organization. And and for those of you that haven't, I think you're going to find this content today to be very valuable. John is with MNS EAP and he is an EAP solutionist. And we'll come back to that in a minute. But we're going to get into the details of, of kind of how your organization, John, customizes programs. But I want to start with kind of a perception and some overview of employee assistance programs. Now, EAPs have been a part of corporate medical programs for quite some time. And I'd go so far as to say, and this isn't certainly not true in every case, but a lot of brokers and agents will connect with a resource for that benefit module. And they seem to get good service. They don't seem to have customer complaint. So they continue to use that organization, not really knowing whether or not the outcomes are there or the product value is there. So I think these are some of the things we want to talk about today. But there was an interesting article that came out on insurancenewsnet.com on the 13th. And you probably saw this Employee Benefit Research Institute findings from 2013 through 2020. Now, obviously, we're not talking pandemic yet. Okay, but here's the situation. And I promise you all, I won't read the article. The percentage of the population under age 65 with employment based health coverage diagnosed with a mental health disorder increased from 14.2 percent in 13 to 18.5 percent in 2020. Now, the use of mental health care services increased over that same time frame. Outpatient services increased the most. The percentage of enrollees using outpatient services went from 12% to 16%. And in my quick uh, East Tennessee mind, that's about a 30 plus percent increase. So overall spending on mental health care services increased as a percentage of total spending from 6.8% in 2013 to 8.2% in 2020. A couple other quick points, and then we're going to move to some, some thoughts. Among enrollees with a mental health diagnosis, Average annual spending on mental health care services increased from $1,987 to $2,380 prior to 2020. That's 20% increase. So obviously, we're seeing more people accessing that level of care. Now, let's crank into that equation. What happened since 2020? We had a pandemic, and that pandemic touched everybody's life in multiple ways. Post pandemic, we're now dealing with an inflationary factor that is probably putting the tightest squeeze on lower wage employees than it is on more highly comp people. So there's no doubt in my mind, John, that we've kind of got a pot here that is boiling and it's starting to reach the top of the pot. Talk to me about your thoughts on that and kind of what 
the next generation of EAP is going to have to do to help address these issues? Yeah, those are those are some very powerful points, Mike. And again, uh, it's a great question. Some things that we have seen, and we're a continent-wide provider for mental health solutions. We're not a typical, you know, checkbox solution. We can get into that later. But some things that we've seen is that it's impacting everyone, regardless of their title and their position, whether they are a new hiree or whether they are a C-class executive. I mean, we've seen a 70% increase in suicide, but depression. We are weekly getting calls about job performance reviews, um, employees starting new habits that are detrimental to their job. They may be doing those things out of work, but they're uh, they're going, showing up at the workplace, affected and impacted, it's affecting their job. So it's, it's a universal challenge with uh, finding mental health solutions that are going to help you retain those employees. So uh, it's it's a it's a challenge that regardless of that demographic, it, it's just saturated right now across the continent. Where do you guys in your platform, where do you see the highest level of increase from an outreach standpoint? I'm making an assumption it's on outpatient services. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've seen a, a huge spike in all the types of services that we provide. Again, we're a robust provider of EAP solutions, so we also cover HR teams. So uh, we have a dedicated 800 number that is being heavily used right now. Uh, a lot of people in HR just feel like they're left out there. They don't feel like someone has their back a lot of times and because they're the ones who have to deal with these employee population challenges. And they're reaching out to us on a regular basis saying, you know, what's the best practice moving forward with this? They don't want to fire that employee, but it's a temporary challenge that this employee has picked up and they want to see if they can get those behavioral changes in place. Absolutely. Share with us some of the, and I'm going to use the term customized, that may not be right, but some of the customized or employer-directed solutions that you guys have implemented and how that ties into the specific need of a client. Yeah. So uh, again, we provide trainings, the very basic level uh, of every of every plan. We, we're going to provide customized trainings that are going to speak to those challenges. So we are really a strategic partner, Mike. We're going to go in and we're going to have a consultation with that leadership group first to understand what's going on. Because just because they're a bank, for example, I, I spoke with a bank this morning. It doesn't mean they have the same challenges as the next bank over. We need to understand and educate ourselves about what's going on before we just start throwing solutions out there to that industry. So trainings are very important. I mean, education is powerful, but understanding is much more powerful. So that's a big part of it. We're doing job benchmarking. Uh, a lot of people are, are hiring. They're looking to hire right the first, the first time. So creating that benchmark of the ideal candidate really helps lower that stress through the hiring process and getting that best candidate right out of the gate that'll stay there for a longer time. Help me better understand when, when you sit down with a new prospect or a client and you begin this, this analysis, what are some of the key points that you're looking at? And, and this may be very specific to an industry type, I don't know, but what are some of the key points that you all are looking for to help you build solutions? What are the, are there specific trigger points? Are there general categories? Kind of help me with that. Yeah, I think in any industry, there are specific things that are going to happen. And I don't say this callously or unemotionally, but the reality is banks, for example, I'll go back to my previous illustration. Banks, it's just a matter of time. And they may know the metrics, what that looks like before they have an incident at a bank, whether it's an attempt at robbery or a, or a hostile situation. We actually provide on-site critical incident stress management so we can work with the banks and figure out on the front end, okay, your history has shown this, that there's you have X amount of incidents through the course of 
of however many years, you need this many hours of critical incident stress management support. So it's not something you're thinking about after the fact. A lot of times people are reactionary when it comes to mental health solutions, as opposed to being proactive. And we want to be proactive and preventative. Certainly, we don't want to be any type of incident like that at a bank. But that's one example. Schools, same situation as Mm -hmm. whether it be a a heightened situation at a school or a student, uh, whatever. Uh, Critical incident stress management is a big piece of that, a big part of that, because we're going to send boots on the ground within one business day, wherever they are in the country. So one thing that we're looking at is what type of situations they have had in the past so we can plan appropriately to make sure they get the support that they need, because that's a big part for us, being that physical presence when something has gone or felt like it's gone sideways. John, with some of the events, the unfortunate events that we've all witnessed over the last few months, do you see a heightened level of understanding at the C-suite level, whether whether it's education, whether it's commerce, whatever, with issues pertain to worksite violence? Yeah, that's a, another great question. We've seen a heightened scenario, if you will, of issues going on within the C-suite itself. You know, it used to be we're talking about mental health challenges. You're talking about the entry-level employees or those lower end of employees. It's no longer the case. We are, we are seeing cases of attempted suicide. I mean, I mean uh, aggravated situations and the list can go on and on all throughout companies and even at the C-suite as well. So it's a challenge that we need to understand what's going on culturally. Are there things that are being avoided? What has been used, what hasn't been used in the past, and then provide a solution that'll work, not just randomly throw a solution out there. When you've built a platform for a specific client, share with us kind of some of the measurement tools that you build into that to be able to benchmark progress or how you demonstrate that you're you're achieving the set objectives that, that you put on the table when you brought that, that client on. Yeah. So again, we're all about building relationships. It's that that business relationship, try to become that strategic partner, not just be that vendor. So every single group will be assigned a specific client solution specialist. That's going to be an ongoing relationship. Certainly, they're going to have that consultation at the very beginning with the leadership team and then have that orientation with the employees. But they're also going to get back to them on a quarterly basis, not just to merely give them an email, not just to give them the paperwork, but to go over and review the utilization to help them see, to help them see what's being discussed, what topics are being utilized on the websites or the various technology that we use. We're going to go back and look at that and address those things. So again, I talked about trainings. We include trainings in every every client program that we offer. So we're going to, we can speak to those challenges that they have on the front end and say, okay, let's include this throughout the course of the year, whatever those things are occurring the most, or even beforehand to be preventative and proactive. One of the things that, and this is Mike's opinion, I don't know that anything backs it up or supports it, but when it comes to mental health, one of the challenges at the employee level is access to care. If my arm hurts and I call my primary care physician, that's a comfortable, quote unquote, comfortable conversation. I feel that I need help with a family situation. I need help with stress. There's something that is starting to really work on me. And I don't know how to access that mental health care system. Is it fair to say that it's it's difficult for that employee to take that first step in a traditional system? I don't know any counselors, John. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to call. How has the evolution of the EAPs made that initial access much easier. So, you know, how do, how easy is it for me to get that outreach? 
Yeah, excellent question. And again, listen, I'm not here to, to just be self-promoting. I'm not here to talk about my own organization. I want to I want to speak to the overall challenges and the overall successes that robust EAPs uh, can offer. There are some other good EAP programs out there. We are not the only one. But I'll give you an example. We're we're partnering with another EAP program, which is Impact Suite, for example. So one of the things that we have seen is that utilization goes up with people using technology and using something that engages employees. It's not just that personal touch, but it's also that ability to use cognitive behavioral therapy with artificial intelligence, which could also engage a clinician. So the the technology is out there. Certainly we use it. Certainly we partner with Impact Suite. They have a powerful, robust technology (laughs) platform. And the more we can use technology that's out there to get people to use it through apps on a daily basis. Hey, let let me just, just think about it, Mike. I don't know what type of vehicle you drive, but I'm sure that you take care of your vehicle in a somewhat scheduled manner, whatever the oil needs changed or whatever. It makes sense, right? The more we take care of those things in a timely manner, how many times do we neglect our own brain when it comes to our mental health? Oh, absolutely. And we, and we, and we don't give ourselves that checkup. Using technology that keeps you accountable, you're exactly right. And all it, all it takes is for one person to call their EAP. Let's just say it's embedded into a life insurance policy, for example, and they're not talking to a live person. They have to leave a message. They may not feel comfortable doing that. Right. And in some cases, they may not get a call back. I'm not here to throw mud. I'm just here to talk about some of the challenges that are out there. Being able to talk to a live person and also using technology that's not going to wait for you. It's going to engage you on a daily basis. It's going to give you notifications. It's going to help you keep track of yourself and invest in yourself. So those are things that are very powerful moving forward with the APs. Those EAPs that are using cognitive behavioral therapy embedded and also including that therapist, that way that therapist can be in tune with your progress. It's that accountability, just like going to college and having that professor, you've got to hand in that assignment. You're going to have that accountability. It's going to really improve the results and really help mental health overall. I have to believe because I look at it from an enrollment and communication standpoint on benefits in general. I mean, AI is 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 the thing. And we went from this model of being able to go to an employer site, sit down one-on-one with those employees, walk through the selections, specifically answer questions to going to a, oh, well, go to the website type of scenario. And, And what has improved all of that is technology, the capability to have chats, the capability to bring in different elements of, of AI. And I'm sure that's got to be the same in your industry. It is. And not, you know, just like not every EAP is the same, not every mental health solution app is the same either. Mm -hmm. And I really want to caution, but also encourage people to go down and scroll down before you download that app. I mean, it's free for a reason. Go down to the bottom and look for those appropriate warnings. Because I don't want to, I mean, I personally don't want to suggest, you know, submit my brain, if you will, to something that's not certified, that's not working somewhat at the highest level. It's my brain. So making sure you have the appropriate technology uh, because they're not all created equal. And again, I'm a big promoter of Impact Suite. I think they're doing a fantastic job. It's the reason why we've only selected them to partner with them when it comes to implementing technology at the behavioral health level. How is that integration going to help you guys at the employee level communication? Because before someone accesses a system, they have to know what it does, where to find it, what what exactly am I doing here? Kind of walk me through that basic front end level education component. 
Yeah, so that's a big part of it, Mike. Great point and great question. So at every orientation, when we're bringing that onboarding process to life for each and every employee, we're going to have them download that app. They're going to be required to go through an initial assessment. It only takes like seven minutes, very simple. And it's, it's going to automatically set them up with a journey of a, of a trajectory within that app. It doesn't cost them anything. It's seven minutes of their time. They're going to do it in that orientation process. And by so doing that, it's going to engage them. No longer they're going to have to worry about where did I, what did I do with my EAP card? What email do I have to look at? What file is that in under my benefits plan? Where's my number for my HR person so I can contact them? It's going to be on their phone and it's going to be sending them notifications on a daily basis. So having it engage them versus waiting for them to engage it is just huge when it comes to being proactive and preventative in mental health. So you guys have incorporated this into, if I heard you correctly, like a new hire orientation. Absolutely. So okay. yes, absolutely. And when we, you know, they get their new benefits every year, that's going to be a part of it as well. Educating them, walking them through that program so that they have it and that they can be getting those updates as opposed to wondering, you know, where to, where that number is to call. So within that app itself, there's also those reminders because there may be moments in time where you do get to, let's just say uh, more challenging moments or foggier moments where you're not seeing things as clearly as you once did mentally. So those reminders can be in there and you're going to get those notifications. You know what? Now's a good time to call this number to get the help you need with a, with a clinician. It's going to see those benchmarks that you might cross, if you will. And it's app driven. I heard you say that. Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. Tell me a little bit about your Compass program. Yeah, so we provide advanced HR services, and I can mean a lot of things. So what that means for us is this. We're, we're going to provide an 800 number dedicated to every HR team. They can call us, get the support they need for those challenging situations. But those services are things like job benchmarking. We do leadership academies. Uh, we train uh, new supervisors and new positions. You know, Mike, many times in, in companies around the country, it's like the NFL. It's the next man up. If there's right. an injury, the, it's the next person. Whether or not they've been qualified or trained, they need to fit that role. And that can be a real challenge for employers trying to get these new supervisors on board with that mission, with vision, let alone the skills that should be attributed to that position itself. So whether that's effective communicating or whether it's a person transitioning from a previous buddy situation and now they're their boss. There's a whole host of things that are involved and we can provide that support and training and getting that leadership team and not only on the same page, but getting those new supervisors up to speed and where they should be in their skill sets to be the best supervisor. And I find that really interesting because the involvement and the support at the HR level is absolutely critical. I mean, every agent, every consultant out there goes through this routine, particularly now where when we established the plan, we were working with person A. We're now with person B. Person B may have a whole different set of goals and objectives. So we put the clutch in and we shift and we start moving towards what person B wants. And then we get a call that, oh no, it's now person C. And it's keeping those people engaged and in communicating with them and getting them involved on the benefit level is absolutely 100% mandatory. And it's challenging. And I'm sure you guys face the same thing. It is. That's why we provide every 
group with a dedicated client solution specialist. We're not just going to be there at open enrollment. We're not just going to be there when, when there's every single benefit under the sun and the average person's leaving there confused what they have. And I, and I say that in all due respect, but it's a, it's a information overload a lot of time and people can't process it all. So it just gets tucked in a folder, gets tucked in a back pocket or purse or wallet. Whereas we're going to go in there and work with the leadership team first make sure that management team understands the value that we're going to bring to them on a daily basis. And then we're going to have a separate dedicated orientation for the employee population, wherever they are in the country. So it's very helpful to have that standalone orientation so that not just the employee understands this because we cover the entire household. It's important that it gets home as well and that they can understand that because it just makes sense. We carry these stressors around in life from our lives, not just our business. It goes both ways. So the more we can get involved with that employee and their home and those who are involved in their household, we want to support them all. And I think that is incredibly important because Unfortunately, I tend to believe that part of the overlooked outfall from COVID is the kids. There was no school. They lost that social interaction situation. All of a sudden, mom and dad are at home all the time. I mean, it, it took everything we knew from a day in and day out perspective and tipped it over on its head. And it did it. And, and I said this earlier, it impacted everybody. I don't think anyone was untouched from that situation. So to have that capability to, as you say, take it to the home, I think that's huge because a lot of times, and you know, fortunately I no longer have teenagers, but I used to, my teenagers are now in their late thirties, but kids, kids aren't always wanting to sit down and say, you know, dad, or, you know, mama, something's really bothering me. And I got this issue at school. So to be able to engage them into that system, I think is critically important. For brokers and agents that are not deeply versed in EAP programs, give us some give us some advice when they're out there and maybe they're prospecting or maybe it's an existing client and they're looking at a benefit plan and in discussion with the HR team, it becomes relevant quickly that the response to the section on EAP from HR is, oh, well, yeah, we have one of those. And the consultant may say, well, you know, tell me about what it does. Uh, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's counseling. I, I don't know. How can somebody kind of jump on that and say, well, let's Let's talk about the importance of this and let's elevate the value of this to the company and to the employee. Help me a little bit with how that a good way to approach that. Yeah. So I guess the first the first thing I would approach that and I'll speak to um, I'm speaking to the advisors that are out there that are watching this or listening to this, you know, find out what utilization is. Because many times they won't know. You work with that EAP provider to get that information. Sometimes that EAP provider won't even know. And if that's the case, I'm just going to be transparent. You know, you need to look for something else. Uh, you know, whether or not that's my company is another story. There are many good options that are out there. But do your homework and understand key things. What does it mean when the EAP says that they're going to provide you with sessions? Is that an hour session? Here, here's the challenge, Mike. As EAP providers, we use the same words, but they mean different things. So what does a session mean? Is it an hour? We provide an hour. A lot of EAP providers provide 30 minutes. A lot of times people just look down to the bottom line. They look at the cost and they're not realizing, you know, one, one provider may be the same or very similar, but they're paying for half the amount of time. So what, what is a session? Who is that session with? Is it just person that's been certified? What does that certification mean? Or are they a master degree clinician or higher? These are important things to look at and understand the quality of care because it's not just that you have an EAP. And a lot of these checkbox solutions are not designed to be a solution. They're meant to be just something that's there 
and not necessarily used. That's why a lot of people don't know that it's there. It tends to be lost in the discussion as well as lost in the paperwork. So work with, look for an EAP that's going to engage you. If you don't know your utilization, that's a, that's a warning flag right there. If you're paying for a standalone plan and you don't have that live support, those these are things you need to look at and look for other alternatives. So an EAP provider that's going to work with you to solve your challenges, not just give you services. So there's a number of good ones that are out there that do that. You know, there's a lot of parallels, John, between that and what happened with telemedicine. For years and years, we have incorporated telemedicine into plans. I know all of the brokers and agents we work with have done that. And the utilization, in essence, was negligible. And along comes COVID. And now you can't get to your provider. And fortunately, and I think that's the only positive aspect that came out of the pandemic, to be candid with you. But the other side of that is it created a habit which is now ingrained. And I agree with you completely that all too often the information may have been understood in November at open enrollment, but now we're in September of the following year. And, you know, I can't find that. I don't know what to do. And to be able to provide that quality level of access and to be able to report back on it is super important. Well, hey, I got to tell you this. We're starting to run out of time. I really, really appreciate you, John, being on. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Yeah, I appreciate it, Mike. And thank you so much for having me. I mean, the best way to get a hold of me personally is on LinkedIn. You'll find me there, John Troutman at Zeddy and Sullivan EAP Services, or you can go to our website at mseap.com to get more information or to find out more. Appreciate it, John. Thanks again. Thanks so much, Mike. Have a great day. You too. Well, the only bad news today is that we're at the end of the show. So thanks for listening to the Business of Health podcast. Listening to this show puts your agency in position for success. Remember to click the link below. Check out my website at www.firststaffbenefits.com. Give me a shout. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep taking action. Until next time, this is Mike Martins signing off.